Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hero's Journey in Unschooling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Eddie, and with me today I have the founders of Esteem Academy here in Round Rock, Texas, and also one of the guides for Esteem Academy. Let's go ahead and get started and ask our guest uh, how they actually started the school. So first off, a little bit of an introduction. Uh, Nicole Walton-Durbin is the co-founder of the school. So go ahead, Nicole, and introduce yourself and tell us what you do here at the school. Uh, well, my name is Nicole Walton-Durbin. I'm co-founder uh, of Esteem Academy, and I have somehow in this journey been dubbed the principal. <laughs> so I guess that's what I do. And Joanne, welcome to the show. Thank so you. tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and how Esteem Academy came to, to be. Alright, well, my name is Joanne Nolte, and uh, Steam Academy started actually three years ago with the vision and the dream of providing a space and a opportunity for children and parents, actually, to have a place where their children can foster learning um, at their own pace and um, in their own space. So. About a year ago, I met Nicole. We rebooted Acton Academy North, and we became Esteem Academy. We took both of our passions, her passion for film and mine for robotics, and we put them together along with our entrepreneurial spirit and rebooted as Esteem, where we are today. <laughs> And also with us is Guide Nikki, who's really excited to be here on the podcast. Nikki, go ahead and tell us, because this is almost like a, a dream job for you in a way. You've always wanted to kind of work with your kiddos in homeschool and have some sort of program. Uh, so tell us how you got thrown into this. How <laughs> podcast is not a dream job for her no. this is not yeah this is not part of what I thought I signed up for you got this um, so my name is Nikki and I have been with esteem for the last year and I came to be here through um, my own hero's journey and I forgot the question <laughs> Did I get here? What was your first day like here? Oh my gosh. Okay. So even back up from the first day, because we decided to launch four weeks prior to the first day. So that four, first four weeks of building up was, um, I was like a kid in a candy store reading everything I could about acting the framework and how we were going to use it in our own school as esteem make it our own and so day one um wasn't really sure what to expect but it was purely magical and day two probably not so much because <laughs> some days are magic and some days you just try your best um so it hasn't been an easy road but it's definitely worth it and i am grateful that i'm on this path and going forward into this new year, after we've learned for the last year and um, figured out what's working and what isn't and making it better and making our own, 
um, more excited than I could have ever imagined. So a um, few more days, and I'll be able to tell you how the first day of the second year went. Well, yeah, and I think to, that's probably the part of it, the whole act-in framework and just um, being an act-in affiliate. Um, what I like about it the most is that constant critical review that you're constantly questioning what works and what doesn't and not only are you questioning it to evaluate and come up you know with conclusions of what's working and what's not you have the freedom right there in that moment to say mm -hmm. this doesn't work we're going to change the way we do it um and that looks like life right mm -hmm. so it's amazing to have a school that looks like life and to show our students, hey, it's okay, it doesn't have to work, or hey, this is great, let's keep going, and if it's not working, let's shift and change and figure out what does, so. Yeah, it's the freedom to fail. Absolutely. And, and look at that and make it better. That's changed in me in the last year, too. I always thought that failure was um, a bad thing, but in this last year, I realized that failure is just an opportunity for improvement. And so that's grown in me, not just in the school, but in my life too. And for you listeners that don't know by now, uh, I'm also one of the guides here at STEAM Academy. And the way I got brought on, I was a lead instructor with Nicole for Four Reels, teaching students how to do stop animation and filmmaking. Uh, and when the opportunity came up to kind of allow other students to really take on their own journey of learning, it was definitely a eye-opening experience for me because it really made me excited to learn more not just from them but from more from more myself uh as an example we're doing a podcast right now and i don't think we've done we've tried to do podcasts in the past uh, and now we're just like all right let's do it and the last year was inspiring for me because it was just like all right let's you know take the reins see where this goes see what the students can learn from us and what we can learn from them and my you know, uh, take from it all was that if you have something in mind that you want to do, just find out how to do it and then start. Uh, and I think that's kind of the theme for today is, you know, inspiring other people out there that if you have a dream or a goal, you know, what are the first steps that you take to just start? So we'll go around and uh, I'll start with you, Joanne. Um, so what were the first steps that you, you took with first learning fun 101 and then how you worked your way into working with Nicole and starting a STEAM Academy. What was the first step that you took? That's a long story. Yeah, right? <laughs> In a nutshell. And it is, just finding someone crazy enough like she is. <laughs> That's right. right. That's pretty much it. I mean, I remember actually the first time, and this isn't has anything to do with your question, <laughs> but um, I had this dream. I've always had this dream of creating a space for kids to learn and um, to utilize um, people that are experts in their field or not, you know, just people that are passionate about children and them learning. And so in that journey, um, I, I was sitting down with Nicole and a couple of other um, individuals that own their own company similar to us. And we were just brainstorming. We wanted a, a central location where everybody could come to and get art and music and drama and robotics and robot. yes all that and um we're one of the ladies owned another acton academy in the area and she was talking about how great acton was i mean we wasn't even a part of the 
the meeting and Nicole just kept kicking me kind of like and looking at me like what why aren't you doing this and I'm thinking you have no idea because we we decided after our first two years at Acton Academy North that it was time to shut down I was going to let it lay for a couple of years and then reboot it Cole wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> like you're crazy, and and I do, and I love how she just has this fire for it, and she gets so excited, and so it was like, okay, let's let's reboot this and start it. So we did. We literally had only about four weeks to get our space and our stuff together, and we started out with what was it, six, eight kids, yeah, in year four. Three and then three, three, Omar and. So Nikki, what was it like bringing your kiddos from homeschool and then having a space for them to be more about a little bit out of your hair, maybe now? Except for the fact that we work here with our kids. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that experience like having a new space for them to? It was drive like in? my house doubled in square footage. I guess <laughs> I brought my homeschooling curriculum and materials here. So I pretty much doubled my square footage. <laughs> um, but back up to steps to get here, because that's what I've been running in my head. <laughs> and then you throw a curveball with a different question. Um, <laughs> the first step I took to get here was uh, dropping out of teaching college because I had dreams to teach. But when I got there, it was a, it was a certain way. And it's not the way kids learn. It was the way you had to handle a classroom when you have 30 kids. And so I, my path took a different direction and brought me to homeschooling my kids and being presented with the opportunity to guide at Acton. And I had been familiar with the model prior, so when I heard of the potential, I pretty much freaked out um, and was super excited, still am even more so it's just grown in the last year and the potential is beyond my imagination which is in essence what this school is because if I were to sit down and try to come up with a school that I thought would really help kids learn the way that they learn it's all different because everybody's different I wouldn't have been able to come up with a plan as good as this one so to see it unfold from paper and put it into work with the kids and see its successes and see our failures and how we can turn those into successes um, has been uh, a dream come true. So yeah, it is a dream job and my first step to get here was to dare or to be brave enough to go outside of the traditional standard of education and I have no regrets of that at all. Well, not only that, you barreled into my office with as much intensity as I think I have. Like, wait, no, you were opening this? I'm in. What do I have to do to get in? And so I think, I guess we just found somebody else crazy enough to say, yeah, four weeks, we can do that. Let's, mm -hmm. let's go. And we did. We did. Yeah. We did. Yes. And I mean, we started with like eight or eight or nine. And I mean, we're starting our second year with 22. Um, and excited to just keep growing it. So for those that are coming from like a public school background, as you said, you know, what are some of the biggest differences you've seen in, your, in our students uh, from day one to now? I would say just, 
I can't tell you how many of our students, parents say to us, my child loves coming to school. My child asked to come back to school. My child doesn't want to leave school. What did you do? My child loves school. Um, I, I think that says it all. Yeah. You just you create an environment where children are able to be who they are and encouraged to be who they are, um, and a freedom to move at the pace they need to, not pushed through too fast, not held back, you know, for some, you know, reason that makes no sense other than oh, you know, the number of days that have gone by in a calendar year or how old they may be. Um, so you so you let them move at their pace and then. I mean, come on, we focus on arts and technology and entrepreneurship and we project-based learning. You walk in and there's any number of really cool, fun things you could do and you learn so much in that process. You don't sit down and memorize boring facts to regurgitate out on a test that you're not going to remember after you finish the test anyway and it doesn't matter. You jump into the whole process and explore the whole subject matter. Um, in that project-based kind of environment. So you take so much more away from it. And more importantly, the life skills that they learn and, and how to socialize and work and together and uh, to govern themselves and to accept responsibility for themselves, um, to, to learn to use their voice and to be confident in that voice. Um, and again, like Nikki said, to go ahead and risk that failure. That failure is a great part of the process. So. I would say the best thing we can say is our kids love being here, and I think that says it all, in mm -hmm. my opinion. And they own it. It's theirs. Absolutely. They're learning, their rules. Um, it's not forced upon them. They create it themselves and have that ownership that can't be duplicated in a traditional model. We don't have to, well, me personally, I don't have to push my kids to do the work like I did when I was their homeschool teacher. Their work is there, if they do it, they move forward, but if they don't, they're gonna be in second grade for a while, <laughs> or whatever grade they're in. Right, and that's just, that's just again, it's, it's life, that's what it looks mm -hmm. like. You either work hard and move forward, or you don't, and you sit where you are for as long as you're prepared to sit there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what can parents or students or um, any listeners right now, what can they expect uh, this year for ESTEAM? Some of the new projects you guys might want to talk about or some fun things that you expect for this year? <laughs> we get so excited about the projects. <laughs> in fact, when we sat down in our little war room and planned them out, we were, I don't know, like we were having a party in there. It's so fun. Sometimes it's hard to pick which projects yeah. we want to bring to the table because there's so many so many cool things we sat do. down to do the year and we got like two or three yeah. yes yeah, we, we did we can do this we can do this um so this year we've got joanne's bringing forensic science to the table which we're so excited. super excited about yeah yeah they're gonna figure out who stole the cookie and you know where the mystic mascot is but they're also going to our upper um studios are gonna actually solve a cold case who killed and reward, and I am super excited about that. They're gonna. I am too, because I love Mason Law and Order. So. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Like, blood typing yeah. and DNA and splatter, blood splatter, and um, even fiber analysis. So they're gonna get to do all of that. But the main part of any of our project-based learning isn't necessarily um, absorbing all the information 
but it's learning how to plan out their learning. You know, they're given steps, and if they fuddle around and right. don't get it done, um, they end up missing something. So they're really learning how to organize their time, and and I think they won't have any problem with the forensics this year, but I don't know. We'll right. see. Well, and that's funny. It's almost like the, the knowledge that they walk away with is the byproduct yeah. of the experience. But if you can't manage your time and plan out your project and you know what I mean? Um, work with your teammates. And if you can't do all of these things, again, these life skills, then um, it doesn't matter. The yeah. learning just is a secondary thing that happens. And you walk away and you're like, holy crap, wait, now I know this and I didn't know this before. Exactly. Um, so it's a, it's a great way to learn. I mean, we're going to explore uh, Texas history this Texas year. History. The birth of the Lone Star State by putting on a musical about the birth of the Lone Star State. So that's going to be super A little fun. bit of Hamilton. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> they should be stoked. Um, and we have another quest that ends in a, a huge tribe camping trip, a survivalist quest. And then um, our second session is always our kid hero quest. And that's where we really challenge the students to just look at the world around them um, and see uh, where there might be an issue or a problem or someone in need and ask themselves, how can I help? What can I do to change mm-hmm. the world? What can I do to make this world a better place? To get outside of myself and to look at um, others. Now, a lot of this stuff sounds a lot of fun. And I'm sure parents that are listening right now are like, either if they have their students enrolled, they're like, I'm really excited. And for those just listening in general, they're like, what? This sounds like a crazy school. What do you mean, Quest? So really quickly, probably ask Nikki if you don't mind, because you you spend a lot of time with the students hands-on pretty much all day. So uh, what does a typical day at a STEAM Academy look like as far as the structure of schedule? Because most people that are in public school will be like, oh, we take history class, and then we just do math for an hour, and then we go to this class. But what does that look like here at a STEAM? First off, we greet every student by name in a handshake and welcome them to class, which I think makes them feel welcome and kind of like a second home. We kick off the day with a Socratic discussion, and in that discussion, we either try to inspire them for learning or get them to make a difficult decision um, or consider current events and um, the different perspectives of Um, various issues. So the students in that discussion learn to present their opinion and back it up with facts or why they feel that way. Um, And then it continues with either the next person agreeing or disagreeing and again stating why they feel that way. And that discussion, like I said, inspires them for their learning and it also challenges Um, who they are to develop their character even further. Um, From there, depending on the day, we might have uh, brain games, we might learn about a hero, um, or we might do some journaling. As we transition into core time, depending on their ages determines how their day is set up. The upper studios do a lot of um, online learning, the younger students use more of a hands-on Montessori approach, and they will learn about math and reading, spelling, and 
depending on where they are in their freedoms, they might be able to pick when they do each subject or um, if they're just starting out and at a lower freedom level, we can explain freedoms later, um, they're told, you know, to do math first and then spelling. Yeah, they schedule. Um, they do. So then uh, we break for lunch and have some free time. And coming back from that, we come back together with yoga for the younger students or a meditation for the upper students to get them back into the swing of learning and projects, get their mind straight. And then we get into reading. We do some drop everything and read. We'll read for a period of time. And then we have, after that, a big chunk of time that we used for our quests, that project-based learning, um, or extra projects like badges. We haven't even mentioned those either. Um, <laughs> so for their own journey, um, it depends on what the student is working on. And then we'll come back together at the end of the day for some studio maintenance. And some days we do character callouts where we recognize other tribe mates for displaying um, a positive character trait and share that together with the tribe. So that's pretty much a day in, the nuts in a nutshell. Um, the, anybody want to explain freedom levels and badges? Um, do you want to go yeah, into so badges? In, in a nutshell, um, students, uh, as far as from what I've seen nowadays, this generation, young generation, are incentivized by points, money, whatever. Any, everything seems like a video game or some sort of game for them. So with freedom levels, it's like the more work you do that you master, I think is what we're doing, you are given points. So for example, if they go and do a math assignment and they master that math assignment, then they'll get a certain amount of points. And then those points accumulate, which then allow them to um, level up in freedom levels. Uh, if someone wants to snack anywhere, then they have to be at a certain freedom level. But for now, I believe everyone's starting at a pre-nesting, then we have nesting, mm -hmm. and then flying and soaring, those are our four. Um, and a pre-nesting, everyone is told where to eat, where to sit, what they can do, here is your schedule. Uh, and as you level up, then once you get to soaring, you pretty much get to study anywhere, eat anywhere, um, use technology during your breaks. And so this incentivizes them to really want to focus on work. And if they choose not to, then that's where they stay. But if they decide to really work hard and stay focused, then they see that once everyone else is kind of working together, that they can join them. Uh, so it's a really cool way to see them like staying focused on some days, some days they won't. Um, and then, well, hold on, uh, but I think it's funny that you said, like, he's like, well, this younger generation, and they're incentivized. It's like, I'm not up, seven like, years gaming. old. It's like, <laughs> 27. Way. You like to level up in games. And I say younger generation because well, I, kids, I, I, I think you were Nicole has a different. funny because I would say freedom levels again, like, I just constantly go back to saying it looks just like life. Everyone is incentivized by something. Something motivates us, you know, be it passion, be it money, be it status, be it that guy over there is doing better than me, I can't have that, you know, pride, whatever it is. So um, inside the framework of, of all the Actons are these great systems um, that are designed to inherently motivate the students. 
And freedom levels is definitely one of those, you know? Like you said, you want the freedom to get up and go sit over here in a corner while you're doing your studies. You, you got to earn that freedom level. With those, with those earned levels also comes higher expectation of responsibility. And with badges now, so we have, I believe, four different um, studios. And we mean by studios, we're all in the same big building right now with different rooms. So one room being the Discovery Studio, which is, I believe, like... Pre-K through pre Kinder, roughly. Mm -hmm. Pre-K through Kinder. And then we have our prep, which mm -hmm. is around, like, first, first to second. third. Third, second. Yeah, second, second and a half. Second and like a half. That, yeah. <laughs> and then we have upper elementary, which is, like, third to almost middle school. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our junior high, junior high, which is going to be that seventh through ninth grade, um, and launch pad. But they they co space our junior high and launch padders. Mm -hmm. so. so each um, studio has their own room. They can arrange kind of how they would like or sit wherever they'd like. Um, and so, how do we all kind of like come together as far as like badges? How does a discovery level student receive badges to then work their way up to? say upper elementary well there's different types of badges so there's the core education badges math reading writing spelling um, and those badges are across the board in all of our studios as they get older into the studios like from the upper elementary and when we say upper studios we mean from third grade and above um, so once you enter the upper studios portion um, then there are other badges that they earn in addition to those core education badges um, they're also earning uh, character development and leadership badges to develop um, both of those. Oh, and I should all of them, I guess, also earn quest badges because yeah. our, our project-based quest, um, whatever the theme is, for example, forensic science, the entire building, both, both sides of the lower and upper studios will do forensic science. The lower studios may have a more simplified version, like you were saying, Joanne, like find the cookie. Yep, and who stole the cookie. Who stole the cookie. Um, and then our upper studios will have a more advanced um, form of that quest. But we love the fact that all of the studios are working on the same quest. We're exploring the same subject matter, the same topic, because it allows for great conversation um, at all levels and across the board when we do come back uh, as a whole tribe and when we do that exhibition of learning at the end and present it out there to, to have all the students exploring the same subject matter is really beneficial. So for you guys that are listening, um, a lot of the things I like to talk about revolve around Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. And for this school, as far as my own personal hero's journey, I've kind of made a full circle around. And, and now we're going on to a new call for adventure. Uh, so it brings me to my next question. Um, what is the one thing that you guys really want to do this year? So what is either one, let's say our SMART goal uh, one big goal and maybe something that you wanted to do that's a smaller goal a little bit more attainable um, within the next few months me personally or with the yeah school? sure everybody <laughs> I want to do so many things that's always yeah. been my problem in life is yeah. it's not a problem I shouldn't say that no that's always been my journey in life I've never wanted to be one thing I've never wanted to do one thing mm -hmm. I wanted to do something until I was done doing it and do something else and I love it because I've been able to live that life and um, so, okay, one big journey for the year. For the entire school or just my, like, my vision, like, I would love for us to 
double in size, not with student. I mean, yeah. but I want I want to have a waiting list and I want to have a building next year. That's my big goal. You know, yeah. I want to I want a place and a space for these kids to run around and yeah, that's I enjoy agree. I think that's all of our big goal. Our goal would be to get um a, a more enrollment, more students coming, yep. and then to move out of our current location mm -hmm. um, into a much bigger space on a much bigger piece of land because. I mean, we've got so many other things we haven't oh even brought to the table yet. Mm -hmm. So we'd like the space to do that. Cool. So I think everyone has that big goal mm -hmm. of yes. which I definitely share that goal because I'm super excited to see how we grow in this year and get more students and creating more content like these podcasts and blogs. Yeah. And Nikki's writing blogs like once a week, once a month, depending on how <laughs> the session goes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so th that's our overall arching goals so what about like any short-term goal maybe for this session what's something you guys would like to see for this session uh, that's that, a really good question good so question. thank you for making us think think, think and yes. think about it <laughs> when I think once a week blogs. <laughs> and as I'm sitting here, I don't think it's going to be a podcast. <laughs> I think I'll type it. I think, you know, that's an interesting question. And I think because we had so much time this year versus last year to really prepare going into this year, um, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, what would be the one thing? So I think I would, I just want our tribe, our new students and our returning students to come together um, and really define um, what their space looks like, how they're how they're going to be working together and get to know each other and, and yeah. to, I just yeah I think that's what my goal would be for the first session is mm -hmm. to really bring community community yeah yeah, yeah exactly community to our tribe yeah our first session yeah I want to see these kids not only become just lifelong learners but lifelong friends yeah. mm -hmm. later on in life they can phone a friend and say, hey, yeah. minding, right? how do I do this? <laughs> it will be interesting to see how yeah. the existing tribe members welcome and uh, the new members and how they acclimate to the community and to see that maybe they'll all intertwine and mesh together. One to see like how the dynamic that. shifts, right? Mm -hmm. Like any time yeah. we introduce something yes. new into the equation. So that's kind of exciting and yeah. terrifying all at the same time, I think, yeah. when you mm -hmm. think about it. So. I'm excited to see the lip dub. <laughs> because <laughs> last last year when we did the lip dub, it was like a massive roller coaster. But in those six, seven weeks that we did it, um, I mean, you saw a massive change as well as far as every single tribe member's personality. Right. We had someone who did not like talking and you know being in public and wanting to be in their own space to at the end coming out and hanging out with everyone more uh, and then you had other students that were just either always upset or scared and then at the end it's like oh hey yeah I have friends um, but this this session for me I think I would like to see a lot of the students well as far as guide being guides so for those of you that are listening guides I didn't say this earlier but uh, Guides are not like teachers in the sense that we're more, I guess, further away from instructing them. We're just giving them kind of like guardrails to go along. So if a student were to ask us a question, I can't just answer that right away for them as a normal teacher would to give information. So as a guide, if someone said, oh, you know, what's, if a student was like, what's the equation for like, 
4 plus 4. What's the answer 4 plus 4? A, a guide has to give you two options and then let the student choose from those two options. Or um, challenge you with another question. Or challenge you with another question. Well, what, you know, um, what can you use to help you solve this question? What do you have at your disposable that could help you reach your conclusion or come to an answer? And I feel like a lot of the upper, like the lower elementary or discovery and prep kind of are like okay with that. But then the upper studios I see are kind of, it's like reversing or deprogramming in a way. So they're mm -hmm. so used to being told what to do, how to do it. Um, and that's a lot of what the podcast is themed around is everyone that listens, I hope, understands that we, we do live in a society where... I mean, it's kind of an, an still an industrial work system or a stepladder system to get to college. Like you're going through a learning system, like you said, to regurgitate facts for a test. And well, that's not the world we live in. That's the um, outdated, unfortunate system that's still at play in our public education system. And, and but it's not even just you know, let's let's qualify. We're not bashing the public education system oh, no, by, not by any means whatsoever. Um, we just we made a different choice based on the information that we had and what we believe is going to better prepare our, our children for the world that they are actually growing up in, not the world that we grew up in or our parents before us. Um, and But even like it's, it's so much easier to say and do, even as a mom, like as a mom, I can't say how many times I've just been like, get out of my way, I'll do it because it's faster, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do it for you over here. Let me just answer it because... Um, you know, we've, we've got to do this, or it's, it's just quicker and easier, right? But nothing about life is quick and easy. And so it's been amazing. Um, I feel like I was kind of that way, but before, like I would always kind of challenge my children and give them choices. But definitely when you become, you know, a part of the Acton network and family, and when you jump into esteem, I think you become that even more, mm -hmm. like it translates across your life. Um, when we first started, like we'd go home and my kids would be like, God, mom, can you stop being a guide when we're at home? <laughs> and I'm like, nope, I'm your guide for life. Like, this is just where you're going now. Her mind and telling me like, I don't like guide Eddie. I like summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, just so, just remembering that instead of just feeding our children the answers um, and in feeding them the answers, we're actually doing them a, a great disservice. We need to challenge them to mm -hmm. look and question. We need to challenge them to go out and find the answers themselves. And and we do that as guides by, like you said, not giving you the answer, but just saying or challenging back questions. And and again, questions that you want to try to, you know, that you know can hopefully lead them to an inevitable conclusion or a direction. Um, but definitely not just saying, here, let me fix this problem for you. Right. So. Anyone else have anything to add as far as... I'm pretty as... sure Nikki has a lot more she wants to say. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. It's starting to glaze over. <laughs> this is uh, the road of trials on my hero's journey right now. <laughs> I stepped way out into the unknown and I'm stuck at like 7 o'clock <laughs> at the road of trials. I need to come back around to my new normal. No, but I'm my... sure as soon as this is done, I'm like, let's do that again. Oh, we're going to, so don't <laughs> worry. So for, this for, weekly? For the goals, yes, I think uh, we should do weekly podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so weekly guide podcast for sure. And I think it, towards the end of every day, I'm going to try and do a podcast with each student so they can talk about their day, highlight what they're doing, um, and maybe go into how they're introducing new tribe members into you know, this team space. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening.
thanks for talking to us. Thank you guys for coming to lie and, and joining our weekly podcast. All your parents listening out there. Uh, Tuesday, September the 6th, I believe. Sixth. No, 5th. September 5th uh, yes. is going to be our first day of school. Yay. And so we're super excited. We start bright and early at 9 o'clock. That door is going to lock. The funny thing now about that door is it's broken. So I think it's going to be very interesting until uh, we find a way to fix that door. Uh, all right, guys. So that's going to be it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, keep learning.